everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm the hands behind Lovecraft Crochet, my plush user for the anxious, depressed, autistic, and neurodivergent. Small enough to travel in a purse, backpack, diaper bag, or even your pocket. You can check out my Facebook page or TikTok to see what patterns are available, and stay tuned for the new ones coming out. I also make hats, scarves, blankets, and dice bags for the tabletop gamer or dice goblin in your life. Feel free to order through the page, TikTok, or via email at love.craft.crochet.com. Now, back to the segment. Due to the graphic and disturbing nature of the crimes discussed, listener discretion is advised. Retrostatic Radio presents Killing 15 Minutes. Hello and welcome to Killing 15 Minutes, where we will give you your serial killer fix in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. I'm Sam Rossi, and shortly I'll be handing a poorly written synopsis of a serial killer to my brother, who hasn't read it, on a serial killer he's most likely hasn't heard of. This should be fun. Good luck, bro. Thank you, Sissy Spacek. Ryun Dame was a serial killer in Japan during Taisho era, which is 1912 to 1926. Many of his victims were female monks. The media dubbed him the Nunslayer. Now see, that's a name. That is a name. It's a nice name. I mean, the vampire rapist, whatever, the shoe gremlin, we're still, that is our trademark name for it. Please use it. And just remember to cite us, because the Oregon shoe gremlin, great name. But the Nunslayer, Nun that's a sword name. <laughs> it really is a sword name. That is the name of a sword. I, I gotta say, that that really is. Born Ryumoto Daime in Asakusa in 1872, when he was seven. Again, I am so sorry about the naming conventions. Everyone should learn to speak English, even though we don't speak it well either. Nope. Again, that is a joke. Sorry, it seemed a bit colonial to me. <laughs> it really did. That, that really seemed like a colonist thing to say. I'm sorry for being a colonizer. When he was seven, he was sent to a temple in Oita Prefecture to be taken care of by the monks. Well, that's usually when you're sent to temple, yes. He trained getting the new name of Ryun. He left in 1890 when the priest died, going to train at a judo dojo. He volunteered for the military in 1980. He volunteered for the military in 1894, but had a landmine blow up in his face. Eventually, he would end up wandering, not wondering. You said wandering on the script. Sorry. Eventually, he would end up wandering around the country. Numerous robberies and thefts, where the assailant was described as a monk in torn robes, followed his wandering. Eventually, the May was jailed for four years. On January 4th, 1913, he was released. Following his imprisonment... You look like you want to say something? No. Okay. Following his imprisonment, he went crazy. <laughs> I don't know why that... It was after the prison I decided to go insane. His crimes became increasingly cruel and brutal invading nunneries to rape and rob the nuns, and killed some of them. He would set the building on fire to hide his crimes. The judiciary recorded three robbery murders, five rapes, seven robberies, and nine thefts. 
but the actual number for the rapes and murders is unknown. Most of the rape victims were nuns. Some were average worshippers, or Mikey, shrine maidens, and others regardless of age. It was reportedly that some victims had their tongues ripped out by hand, and then they were killed. Well, he had to stop the screaming. Did you have to write that in? <laughs> it's all that went through my head. Well, luckily I'm the one who gets to say this stuff. <laughs> Man, I can't believe this guy can be the white rabbit in Alice and then talk about ripping Nung's tongues out. <sighs> the confirmed crimes go as follows. In 1905, in Amagasaki, he killed a 72-year-old nun, stealing 24 yen. In April 1913, Demay raped a 60-year-old nun in Odawara, stealing a saving bank book and 200 yen. All was spent in the red light district. So wait, he killed nuns and then spent the money on hookers? Basically. You know what? We've covered a lot of things, but that's kind of fucking messed up. Really messed up, actually. In the summer of 1913... He killed a 26-year-old man during an argument. Uh, looks like you tried writing agreement there, actually. I assume you meant argument? Yes, you're correct. Usually in the agreement stage, it's not, Hey, thanks, thanks, Bob. Yeah, yeah, fuck you! No. Ow, just, just punched my ring. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Later in 1913, he raped a restaurant manager, later making her his concubine. Huh. He robbed the Namba Temple in the summer of 1914. On September 5th, 1914, he used a previous method to kill one of the nuns. Uh, which previous method? I assume the... Ripping of the tongue. Okay. I'm sorry, you, you just covered many different methods before going, Previous method? Well, the previous method was uh, robbing uh, the Namba Temple. Or making someone his uh, concubine. No, 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 it was the ripping of the tongues. Okay. October 29th, 1914, another nun was killed. November 11th, 1914, he creeped into the Nunara temple, stole clothes, yen, and took a monk. And took a monk. And took a monk. Took a monk's life? Took out a monk? Here. And took a monk. <laughs> took out a monk, maybe? I don't know. I'm going to assume took out a monk. I'm not Me sure. Too. He, I, I, I mean, he had a concubine, but I assume that she stayed where she was and he would just pretty much come and rape her whenever he was in town. Took a monk, though. It's just... Let's say took out a monk. We're going on record to say he took out the monk. However, if he did steal a monk, <laughs> please leave it in the comments below. He killed a nun in... Yamakura on January 27th, 1915. He raped and robbed a nun in Asagaya, 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 <laughs> on July 18th, 1915. Is this really just going to be a list of all this shit he did? Oh, hey, no. We're done with the bullet points. Thank you. Witnesses gave descriptions of the Mai's height and his disfigured nose. That landmine came back to screw him over. <laughs> That's a sentence. He avoided capture using different aliases, despite committing similar crimes from Tokyo to ha 
from Tokyo to Kihashin. He was arrested on August 8, 1915, at Hakata Station in Fukoku. He resisted arrest, but they got him. Oh, don't tase me, bro! <laughs> that is a terrible joke. The taser was not invented yet. The Tokyo District Court sentenced the May to death. His response was, I'll do it for you, because it's troublesome. Did he think he was immortal? Nah, I mean, he did go crazy in jail, so maybe. It's possible. Oh, you want to kill me? For you? I die. I decided to make him stereotypically French. On June, 20th, on June 26th, 1916, he was executed by hanging. Supposedly, his last meal was buns. He drank some tea, chewed some nicotine. Oh, I'm sorry. He chewed nicotinia tobaccum, which is a special chewing tobacco, and had a smoke. His last words were, if I could be sentenced to death, I would like to die cleanly like this. Let's get it done. I never thought of hanging as cleanly. No, no, no. I, but I, that's because... Oh, by the way, that's the end of what Sammy has written today. Now, I've and just to follow up on his last statement, I don't think... I think the reason we, as people in the 21st century, think hanging isn't cleanly is because we think of it as being strangled by the neck until dead. When the truth was, it was actually the sudden stop at the end would snap the neck. Right. That, or that's how it was supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to go? That's how 90... If they actually, I think it was 90%? Yeah. The, when, was, then you got that ten, rare 10% where you, you choke out when, the guy. When in media, no one ever just goes... It's always... You know, either the dramatic cut to something else, yeah, they, or they don't... it's the hero being hung, so he's dangling there by the rope going, ah, ah. he's doing the Brendan Fraser thing. Yeah, but Brendan Fraser was almost killed in that Yeah, thing. no, he was actually almost hung in that. Oh, God, I love that man. Yo, you gotta watch The Whale, by the way. I gotta... It's on uh, Max, I think. Do we have Max? I have Max. I don't know if you have Max anymore. <laughs> I have it. I don't know about you. But... Uh, no, right now I've been Amazon priming a lot. But anyways, actually, no, I've been a Tubi-ing. Actually, Freebie. Possibly Pluto. I've been watching a lot of free stuff, but that's because I'm working on the super special Godzilla thing. So anyways, that's not important, and you're welcome for anyone who's like, wait, he does other things besides be a jackass on a True Crimes podcast? Yes, I do. Thank you. But anyways... You never really hear about Japanese serial killers a lot. No, because they really don't have a whole lot of them. I, I think it's because, well, they do with an asterisk. Because, like, uh, you also had, um, I cannot remember his name, and we will probably cover him later. But there was a prolific serial killer in Japan around the 70s to 80s. Yes. It's actually where a lot of people had, um, it's where culturally for Japan... They had a huge crackdown on snuff films and um, anime, even. Yeah. Because it was similar to the U.S., where suddenly you got the Columbine kids who... We played Doom. Clearly, that means the video games caused everything. Yep. Because politicians need a scapegoat. They can't go, well, he was sick. Oh, unless she, unless you're a ma uh, 
mass shooter in the United States who happens to be white and a male. Then it's your sick in the head. Everyone else, they're already bad seeds. That is a different rant for a different day. But, like this. This is actually an era that I really don't know a lot about Japan. No. I know the warrings... I know... The, because of video games, <laughs> I know a lot about the Warring States era. And it's the same way I fell in love with the uh, Three Kingdoms era of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, samurai Warriors for... The Japanese Warring States era and Dynasty uh, Warriors for which actually made me read the Romance of the Three Kingdoms novel, which is great. Anyways, that's not the point, but you know, and Japan, especially pre uh, World War yeah. Two, was an imperial power, and they had, and while it's just neat seeing this. Like, it's just neat seeing how this played out. They had a serial killer that really did do, you know, the same same things that you A a normal, a Western... A Westerner would. But, as weird as it sounds, it also has a very heavy Japanese flavor with... He was actually a former monk who traveled around in tattered clothes. That is is how you write, like... This is going to come off, again, probably very colonizing. That is how you write a Japanese serial killer. I am a former monk. Uh, uh, now, they call me the nun slayer. Let me see your boobies. Who's <laughs> that that part? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, that is like the evil version of Kung Fu. Yeah, it really is. Uh, obviously not set in the Old West or, you know, Kung Fu The Legend Continues, which was... 80s New York, I think? Dude, it's been so long since I watched that. And then they also had the third... They tried doing, like, a Next Generation thing. I know that they... I don't know if it was a remake or something like that, but I know that there's a Kung Fu that either Amazon or one of the things did that I haven't watched because, well... David Carradine. There's no Carradines. Yep. Anyways... Anywho, so I don't know how to end this episode. I got it's nothing. Really, it, that was actually very interesting to me. There's like discussion points outside of you know. Do you think that it was because he was raised in a temple that he started really targeting these, or was it because they were soft targets? I think soft targets. You think that the guy who trained who who grew up in a monkery, <laughs> a monastery. A monkery. Or a temple. Going after other temples. Well, he was also going he was also robbing he, he people was, along the way. Yeah. It, so And he took a monk apparently. And he took a monk. But no, actually I completely agree that I think it was a soft target thing. Because there's the big difference between the West and the East. While the West does still had a social uh, contract you know, the yeah. ideology that, you know, hey, don't break into my home. I'm not going to break into your home. Let's just be civil about this. Right. Japan kept it for a very long time. And even after the 40s, when you could argue that that was when they really had, they were forced to stop being isolationist. Again, in this, the 30s, the 20s, 30s, yeah. Well, they. they 
before that, they did still have trade, you know. But they were very much isolated they, until they were still, the yeah, 1900s. We'll let, we'll let Whitey over here every so often. It was never, to an extent, until they literally had, had to. to. Which is why I say post-World War II, where they had to give up a lot of what made Japan Japan pre-World War II. Yeah. Which is actually something that really colors a lot of Japan culture. Yeah. After that, like even the Godzilla thing. I know. Bite Me was based off of, well, a lot of people know that, oh, Godzilla was meant to be about the nuclear, you know, thing, you know, about the nukes dropping. It was actually a lot more about culture, the cultural ingrainedness of that with what Japan was and who Japan is after it. It's a, it really is a really cool thing to look at, but this is not a movie thing. Nope. This is, that was Ryun Damai, the serial killer monk, the nun slayer. A man filled with cun, with cunt fuckery. Cunt fuckery. All right. Tag out. I'm AJ Carey. I'm Sam Rossi. Later, y'all. Killing 15 Minutes is hosted by Arthur Carey with scripts written and researched by Sam Rossi. If you like this episode or want to stay updated on this series, consider following Killing 15 Minutes on Patreon or Retrostatic Radio on all major social media platforms. Good night and God bless. You're watching Retrostatic Radio.